0: Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We are so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. We're in week four of our series, Forward Progress, where we've been talking about our relationship and, and our understanding of the local church. What does it mean to be a part of, be connected to, understanding worship, understanding being a a member, understanding that every one of us has a supply to bring and to receive from. And last week we talked about community, the beauty of community, the beauty of the diversity of community. And this week we're going to be talking about developing a passion and a path for personal growth. And I know what some of you are thinking, oh great. It's the pastor that looks like Tony Robbins that's going to share like a motivational sort of inspirational message on personal growth. But that's not the case. This isn't self-help. Woven into the very fabric of creation is this principle of growth. God desires that we grow. In fact, he gives us pictures over and over again. It talks about this in Psalms 1. Right? Those who delight in the Lord. Those who do what he instructs, those who meditate on his word day and night, on his law, on his love. Verse 3, they shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper. Someone say prosper. God didn't create us to be fruit Loops. He created us to be Fruit Stands. God desires that we would produce fruit. He wants our lives to be ever-increasing, ever-expanding. He wants our relationships to grow. Here's the thing. Healthy things grow. That's why we're, we're passionate about it. And if we aren't growing, it means that there is some dis-ease in, in our lives physically. If there is dis-ease, we have to get to the root of that situation so that we can see health come about. 1 Corinthians 9.26 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You and I, we shouldn't just go from year to year just sort of in maintenance mode. Because let me give you some insight. There's no such thing as maintenance mode. You're either headed up into the right or down into the left. That's just true. In our relationships, in our finances, in our professional life, in our spiritual life, we should be growing each and every year. God desires that we would be trees planted by the rivers of living water, producing fruit. You know, the last five years of my life, I've, I've ended every year with 20, 21 questions. 21 questions where I just begin to look back and reflect and say, how was my marriage January 1st of 2017? And, and now a year later, 2018, on a scale of 1 to 10. And then ask my, my, my wife and get the real answer of where we are on a scale of 1 to 10. How am I doing physically as I'm coming into the new year? What, 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 do, I, do I have a, a physical schedule to be able to assess and understand where I am spiritually, professionally? Every area to begin to look at it. And I want you to see this in Luke 2 if you're still wrestling going, ah, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. Luke 2, this is the life of Jesus. This is his birth being described and then the, the process that he goes through. Verse 39 it says, when they... Mary and Joseph had done everything in connection with Jesus' birth according to the law of the Lord. They went back to Galilee to, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace and favor, spiritual blessing of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the Passover feast, and when he was 12 years old, say 12, They went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast, and as they were returning to Nazareth, after spending the required number of days at the feast, the boy, Jesus, remained behind in Jerusalem. Now his parents did not know this, but supposed him to be in the caravan and traveled a day's journey. And then they began searching anxiously for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him everywhere. Three days later, they found him in the court of the temple, sitting among the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed by his intelligence and his understanding and his answers. And he answered, Why did you have to look for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he had said to them. He went down to Nazareth with them and was continually submissive and obedient to them. Children, pay attention to that. And his mother treasured all things in her heart. Verse 52. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and in stature. And in favor with God and men. Here's the title of my message. Felt the Lord whisper to me. I grew, so can you. I grew, so can you. We have a picture of Jesus coming and submitting himself in the form of humanity. And taking the posture that he desires for you and I to see as an example. One where he is listening. One where he is growing. One where he is asking questions. That's why one of our core values here as a church is we're serious about growth. Because here's what we feel like as pastors. As pastors, we aren't here to be your personal chef. We're here to be your personal trainer. Here's the difference. Personal chef cooks up whatever you want. But a personal trainer gives you exactly what you need in order to grow, in order to develop, in order to expand and to increase. And our strategy as simple as a church is to grow you. Create environments, not grow for you but to grow you, to be able to create the atmosphere, to be able to stir and to spark your heart so that you can align yourself under the kingdom of God. See yourself the way that God sees you. Allow yourself to change and shift your thinking so that you can think thoughts like God does, which are thoughts of goodness, kindness, love towards you. He desires to give you grace. He desires to give you truth because he wants you to fully come into the reality of the destiny and the plan and the purpose that he has for you on this earth. You'll notice at the bottom of your notes, if you have notes, um, you'll see that there's a question there. It says, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Or what is God speaking to you through this message? In other words, what did you learn today? What is the wisdom that you can apply? Is there anything that, that you that you need to remember and recall? Here's what I think. Every time we come here and we believe, that those who get on this platform are stewarding their time to hear from the Lord and not say what they want to say but repeat what he, he is saying to them, then it's our responsibility to come and steward God's word. Because we may attend a, a service 52 times, 30 times, 20 times, but I'm not walking out not understanding the treasure that God wants to give me. Because each one of you is going to get something different because of the uniqueness of your life. But if you never take time to write those things down, to recall them and remember them, and, and I'm, just, I'm just giving you something. If you don't ever do that, it's going to be very difficult to fully watch what God wants to unfold because every message is a moment for you to seize what God is trying to do. But if you can't remember it, then you won't be able to grow. Repetition breeds revelation. And, and even in A natural sense, right? You have to repeat something in order to master it time and time again. Here's what I know. When you walk out those doors, if you haven't written it down and you don't go over it, you'll forget 80% of it in about two days. That's why we have to learn to steward the words that God gives us. Matthew 13 talks about this. Jesus uses the illustration of the sower who went out to sow seed. Seed represents God's word. And then he talks about the soil, which is metaphorically the human heart, how we receive seed. He said some of, it, some of the seed fell by the wayside. The birds came and devoured it. Some fell on stony places. Some fell among thorns. But some fell on good ground. And what happened to the seed that fell on good ground. It yielded a crop. In other words, Jesus is saying, this is, this is what I want to happen. Every time you get seed, take it into your heart and let it produce a crop. Some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, it's up to you. You want this crop to produce? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to listen to it? Are you going to hear what I want to say to you? But for us... We have a vision for growth because ultimately the real objective is is health. So, I want to give you three things today that you need in order to grow. Three things you need to grow. Here's the first thing that you need to grow you need to make a declaration, which I define as a decision forged in passion. And here is that declaration Let's grow. I'm tired of where I am, I'm tired of the current circumstance and situation. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to to learn, understand. I'm tired of whatever the area is. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, let's grow. Here's why. Because it takes faith. It takes faith to make that statement. To say, uh, in fact, that everything that God says about you is the truth. and, And to put yourself in alignment by actually posturing yourself to receive what he has. See, because growth is a decision, a declaration that you make, and it is a posture of passion that you take. For many, we think of learning or growing as a phase that we have to go through, right? Got to go through college, got to get through high school, got to go through this test and pass this, but it's not. Because a phase is a season, but a posture is an attitude, right? This is why it blows me away Statistically, hearing that 50% of people, after they leave high school or they leave college, 50% of people will never read an entire book ever again in their life. That's crazy to me. And, and those of us who follow the master, we watch and learn how he operated and, and, and leads us into life beyond our wildest dreams. We know that that can't be the mark of us because God desires that we would expand. And here's three things that we need. To be able to have a, a posture of learning as a way of life and not just a period of time. Three things. The first one is humility. Admitting that we don't know everything. Pride has a way of taking the wheel and driving us into the ditch. But when we, when we allow ourselves to just take the posture of a child, to have the heart of a child when it comes to learning and realize that we don't, we don't know everything. We don't know everything. Then we put ourselves... In a place where we can begin to grow. Here's what Proverbs 18:15 says: Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Do some self-evaluating right now. Am I an intelligent person? <laughs> Don't answer it out loud. First Corinthians 8:2: "Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. Here's what, here's what happens. Pride begins to build, like our knowledge into these monuments. Of, of our own greatness, and pretty soon it becomes an idol. You've been around somebody like that, you don't want to admit it, maybe you, but knowledge becomes an idol. All of a sudden you've got a few additional sort of, you know, letters at the end of your name, and all of a sudden it becomes an idol. And, and God says, listen, I, I don't want you to ever take that posture. You just don't know everything. I do, you don't. I want you to learn where the source of all wisdom comes from. Here's what he says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Kill the know-it-all mentality. 1 Kings 3, 7, we know that Solomon was the wealthiest and the wisest man ever. And his posture was, I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Last, Proverbs 1-7. I love this in the message. Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. It's a great picture for us to understand, to be able to get up each and every day Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, whatever the difficulty, whatever the trial right now, to put yourself on your knees and go, God, I don't know how to do this. I need you. And instead of fighting against everyone else in the situation, our co worker, our boss, our spouse, our friends, get on our knees and say, God, would you help me out? Humility. Second, Curiosity, developing that declaration or that decision. It takes curiosity. Here's two muscles that we need to flex every time we come into this space. And it comes out of Acts 2 when there's this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 12, they ask the question, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then in verse 37, and that, that really is the development of the revelation muscle. Then in verse 37, they ask, what must we do? What must we do? The action muscle. Every time to maintain that curiosity of a child, what does this mean? What what does this mean that Brad, we're sharing today, or or Preston is sharing uh, over the weekend? What does this mean specific to me? What are you saying to me, Lord? Now what must I do? Which is the application of that. What am I going to do immediately to walk out these doors and to change how I've been living? I've had a know-it-all attitude in this area. I'm going to stop having a know-it-all attitude. Here's what I'm going to do. That's the curiosity. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Writing those things down, that builds curiosity. I'll just tell you, again, back to the picture. If you're here and you're not able to store what's being said on your phone, uh, write it down in a journal or whatever... That seed that's getting sown is just basically blowing in the wind. And I don't don't ever want to take a moment and have to learn again and again and again. So every time I am going to figure it out the first time, let me tell you how come that's the case. Because I have taken multiple tests over and over again through experience. And you learn a few things. Anybody else? Yes? Yes? Third thing after curiosity is resilience. That's our ability to adjust, to recover easily from stress or a negative circumstance or change. Because here's what's happened. Instead of learning from the test that we're going through or that we've gone through, we start loathing situations. We start building up cynicism and judgments, and our, our heart gets cruddy and crusty. All of a sudden, we can't learn. See, your problems are not your roadblocks. They aren't the thing that is stopping you from the destiny that God has for you. They are the lessons that you're to grow through to develop the strength and the fortitude for the calling that is on your life, for the reason why God made you. That's why scripture tells us in Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you can get the perspective, so that you can learn the lesson, so that you can tweak and, and shift your perspective. Have courageous conversations so that you can get better. That's why we don't just learn to get by. We, we, we desire to get better, to be proactive. Are you with me? Just a, a couple of weeks ago, my son and I were in a situation that was a prime opportunity for growing. My son is nine, and he provides many incredible illustrations from the Lord to help tweak me in my life. Uh, this one was for his benefit, not mine. We were leaving our friend's house and he got in the middle seat in the back of my truck and put on his seatbelt and asked if I would roll down the back window, so I did. And he began to turn around in his seat and wave at every car that was passing by and as we were getting on the freeway on-ramp, I said, hey buddy, I need you to sit, put your rear end on the seat here. I told him once, I told him twice, just as I get on the on-ramp on the freeway, police officer moves over in the lane right behind me, lights me up and pulls me over. Now I'm fully aware of why it's happening, because my son is sitting there in the window waving at everyone. And the officer comes by as he should, keeping us safe and sound, and my son is just sheet white. <laughs> he realizes, and he's hearing the officer basically uh, let me know that uh, you're in. what he thought was my son was not in his seatbelt, and he pulled me over as he should when he saw that, and I said, no, sir, I apologize. My son did have a seatbelt out. And in fact, you can ask him. He, he will not tell you a lie. He is right here. And at that moment, t- tears start streaming down his face. I said, sir, if you need to take me to prison, just t- go ahead and do that. I mean, I know, if, if, just whatever, but he's going to tell you the truth. And Jackson's just sitting there kind of taking it all in. Uh, the officer, of course, heard the story, uh, let us go. And Jackson is crying on the way home. And I got four priceless days of almost perfection from that boy. <laughs> Everything I said to him, he was like, my dad is wise. I will listen to him. Four days, but we're still working through that. Every situation though, every situ- situation is a teaching moment. Are you a student? Are you, are you, are you le- leaning in to learn what God is trying to get to you and get through you? Or have you just thrown kind of your, your attitude is like, ah, whatever. First thing is we've got to make a decision, a declaration. The second thing we need to grow is we need direction. The question that we must ask is, which way do I grow? Which way do I grow? Would God create you with the capacity to be and do? You know, when I think of the word potential, I, I think here's my capacity, here's my reality, and this chasm in between is my potential. Now the Bible tells us that the reason why we're not to compare ourselves to others is because not all of us have the same capacity. I'll show you, Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. To one he gave five, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. So all of us have a capacity. We have a cap. We're all not meant to be and do the same things. Thank God. So how do I begin to understand which direction to go when I begin to realize, okay, I've got some room here. Here's my reality in my marriage, and, and this is what it could be, or in, in my finances, or in my professional life, emotionally, whatever it is. Well, let me give you a hint. Write this down. What's right in front of you? What's right in front of you? Luke 16, 12. If you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Colossians 3, 22. 323, excuse me. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Say every activity. As though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. You should read that every time you go to work and you have to talk to your boss or coworkers. Every activity as though it was for the Lord himself and not merely for others. That begins to change our perspective on on the situations that we're surrounded by. So instead of just being frustrated and complaining and arguing, we start to get inquisitive. Hey, what am I supposed to learn from this situation? Man, this really stinks. I don't really like it. But but what am I supposed to get? What am I supposed to understand? What am I supposed to learn? Here's what Psalms 32.8 says. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I'll watch over you. You know, for... Ten years, I, I went to, to work in, in the corporate world for a company when I started at 35 employees. By the time I left, I had 4,500. Experienced meaty, meaty, uh, meteoric growth during some of the most difficult and inclement times. But during that time, just like you know, your, your job, your, your situation, whatever it is, isn't always great. Isn't always wonderful. And there were many days that I had to lean in and ask and plead God, why am I here? What am I supposed to be learning? And you know, when I, I, I sought that job, I heard the Lord speak to me very clearly about going there. But once I got there, it wasn't every day and every moment that I was stewarding it, like the God of the universe had led me along the pathway to it. But the moment I shifted, all of a sudden I started to get more understanding. And I was in a field that you couldn't go to school or college for. So I had to begin to lean in and find all these resources. I applied myself and I said, God, how can I be an asset here? How can I be a person, regardless of where I am, in an org chart? How can I be a person of maximum value? How can I be your guy here? God began to do some incredible things. The same way in Jesus, I grew in favor stature and wisdom it's amazing when we actually take God at his word and walk into every environment with with that posture God we're gonna learn I'm gonna grow and here's the deal admit it you don't like the way it looks sometimes here's your destiny at your doorstep and you're like if I could no send that send that package back I don't I don't want it that way But God is using everything, every situation that you've been through, that you're in the middle of, because he wants to grow and to develop you fully for what he has. And some of you are going through a very difficult situation. The only thing I would tell you is that probably God has a very incredible calling for you. Hang on, hold tight. The cross has the final word for your life. Just lean in to him and learn what he wants to speak with you. I love the story of Holda Brooks. I won't go into it, but she was 83 years old when she first took up mountain climbing. And then at like 94, she had climbed so many peaks, and it always stirs my heart. Some of you might be here and be saying, Brad, it's past, past my time to learn, son. You you just need to understand some things. Listen, it's never, never past time. The sun is not setting. God's son has arisen and he is rising in every single one of us to be able to mentor and steward and to grow and to increase what he has for us. I believe that God desires for us to build in each area systems. I I use the acronym saves you stress, time, energy, and money. A system, I'll say it again, saves you stress, time, energy, and money. It's like in Psalms 90.12. Where, where the Bible says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think as followers of Jesus, we, we should look at time totally differently. And that scripture right there, teach us to number our days. That's a calendar. And you think about the seven day a week calendar that we have. God created that. Every seven days and gave us a time for rest. For reflection, proflection, recreation, or recreation. Because he's brilliant. And some of us, we don't, we don't submit to his wisdom in that. But I'm telling you, when we start to learn and grow and increase, the God of the universe begins to give us all wisdom that he contains. And it begins to manifest in of every area of our life. And there's, there's ways for us to begin to increase as we are uh, walking out the direction. And here's the third thing that we need to grow that's a diet or fuel. Here's the realization you must make. In order to grow, I need fuel to go. Ephesians 2.10 says, you're God's masterpiece. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your, in your body. I've heard some people say you need to fuel the Ferrari, but maybe you don't like that picture. So I came up with another one. You need to add tinder to the temple. You need to have juice for the journey. Whatever you want to call it. All right, You're not laughing loud enough. It's okay, though. Here's here's why. Tell me what you eat, and I'll tell you where you're growing. Tell me what you eat. Take inventory of the the messages that you have ingested, the notes you have taken, uh, the podcasts, seminars, mentors over the last 90 to 6 months, and I'll tell you where you're growing. If that is blank, I can tell you where you're growing. As I said, there's no such thing as maintenance mode. God desires in every area of our life. In fact, statistically, they tell us, right, that if you spend one hour a day in learning a specific subject, in three years you'll be an expert on that subject. Marriage. Hello. Finances. What's your professional life? you an internet marketer? Are you, uh, you know, desire to, to grow in, in real estate investments, whatever it is? One year, or, excuse me, one hour. A day, three years. And so, as we take inventory, just like if you have an app to log your food, take inventory of what you have been feeding. You know, I I think it's crazy, like when it comes to even subjects like prayer. How's your prayer game? You know, it's a funny question for people, but like, how's your prayer game? Is it getting any better? For, for most, they understand what it means to like learn to get better in basketball or baseball because they had a coach who gave them insight from the outside. But most of the time I have a conversation and say, hey, where did you learn to pray? I don't know, osmosis. i just sort of been in church like my whole life. But I never sat down with somebody and said, hey, it, how is your quiet time with the Lord? What does it look like? What is your process? You know, Preston has preached on his process before several years ago. But do you take time to sit down with somebody? Have coffee with them and learn about areas that you don't know anything or do you just know it all? Or are you intimidated by that? But the moment we grasp a hold of what God says and the, the, the path that he follows, all of a sudden we open ourselves up to the reality of, of what he wants to do by examining our fuel. Decision, declaration, direction, diet, Matthew thirteen nine. But others, it fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't you want to be good ground? Don't you want to be able to steward the calling and the capacity that God has set on your life? Don't you want to, to be able to, to fully uh, embrace everything that he has. You know, one of the things that I feel like is important on this journey is in order to add value to yourself, you have to see value in yourself. And for some, the reason why it's hard for them to do that is because they don't truly understand their value. They haven't seen or been seeing themselves the way that God sees them. It's a first, first start. Or, or they, they won't Make a proper assessment. Look in the mirror. Step on the scale. Look at their bank account, or whatever the situation. Just to make an assessment. Where, where am I? Where am I physically? Where am I spiritually? In my relationship with God. Is it? Am I one out of ten? In 2018, could it could it increase? Could it get better? Could I could I maybe start to add some fuel in that area? I remember when I was 17 years old. My parents were divorced when I was two. And I was wrestling and having a very difficult time thinking about marriage because both of my parents had struggled in relationships, had been through a few marriages, and I I was just kind of having a conversation with God about it. Like, I don't know that I'm going to be any good at this, God. All I've ever seen as a picture in front of me is is just when things get tough, you just got to go. And I just remember being on my knees before God saying, God, I, I don't know how, how, to, how to do this. I don't know how to figure it out. Could, could you help me? Could you, could you give me some wisdom in this area? And it's funny, but a few days later, later I was watching television and an infomercial came on. I'm not kidding. God has a sense of humor. And it was Gary Smalley with 34 VHS tapes on hidden keys to loving relationships. 17 years old, probably the only 17-year-old they ever had call and order 34 VHS tapes. But I ordered them, and I still have most of them to this day. I don't have a VHS player, but I have those tapes. And I sat trying to understand what it took to have an incredible relationship. Now, that learning has never stopped to this day because I sure, I sure need some help in every area of my life. But I've decided to be like a little child when it comes, to be full of awe and wonder. In every situation, in every difficulty, James 1 says, consider it a sheer gift when you fall into hardships, difficulties, because it's an opportunity for growth. The moment you get it, you've heard me say it before, right? Sometimes it smells like fertilizer, but don't forget, fertilizer is what makes things grow, makes them juicier. Don't despise wherever you are. Get a new perspective. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Today, just a moment, have our altar ministry team come down front. I want you to have the opportunity to just, to just respond to what God's saying to you. Whatever he's speaking, whatever that is, maybe he's pinpointing an area, maybe he is just highlighting a new posture, a new attitude that he wants you to take. Maybe there's, there's pain that has become Uh, somewhat of an idol to you a circumstance, a situation that you have just sort of leaned into it rather than leaning on him and instead of asking God why did this happen to me you can ask God what am I supposed to learn from this How, how, how will this make me better how will this help to increase me in the future how does this make me a better parent how does this make me a better spouse in the future whatever it is it starts in humility it starts in just going, I, I I don't know it all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I pray that we would seize your heart, that your desire is good for us, that your desire to see us grow, because you desire for our lives to bear fruit, and we want that. But God, ultimately, your desire is that we would be healthy and whole. Lord, I pray for hearts today that will respond as you ask the question, will you be made whole today? Where they would say, yes, Lord. Yes, I desire to be made whole where I feel like I've been experiencing pain. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.